I was already looking under the world of business. I could have asked him uh, balance of family life. I could have asked him investments that he did, strategies for growing a team. I could have asked him anything. The things that were playing on me, I want to make sure I'm spending the time wisely so I can ask things that I value his opinion most in. Welcome to Marketing with Matt. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner looking to create more margin in your life and business, you're in the right place. For more after the show, be sure to check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com. Matt, you had an opportunity to do something pretty cool, what, just a week or two ago? Tell us about it. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago. So in the world of marketing, maybe this goes across a lot of places, um, the idea of like masterminds or mentorships or, or just like soliciting the advice and insight of folks that have gone before, it was a, a newer thing for me. Uh, probably, I don't know, eight years ago, I didn't realize it, but it's definitely been something I've now come very familiar with is connecting with other folks that kind of done it before. And so, man, one of like the big mentors I've had in marketing was Russell Brunson. He's the founder, co-founder of ClickFunnels. And I would say it was actually, it was 2015, 2016, if anybody knows my story, like we were not doing, we were doing marketing for ourselves accidentally. We weren't trying to be like good at marketing. We just we're good at relationships and, and kind of got business that way. And so, but it was in 2016 where I remember taking it seriously, like we're going to learn marketing and we learned it inside of ClickFunnels. That was, that was the space. And so ClickFunnels, folks who don't know, it is a software that helps with landing pages, but their history and a lot of, I'd say like the mentors and, and teachers that uh, Russell himself learned from were direct response marketers. So they're very good at the idea of direct response marketing and, and a lot of marketing in general. It's just so marketing focused. And in the type of business, just like the business space, there are on the far left of limited supply, you've got services. Very easy to constrain uh, the possibility of how many you can sell with services. You got, it's usually people that are delivering them. And so you could know at any given day, here's how many you could sell and that's it. And so because of that, your own limited supply will tamper your marketing because you're like, well, what's the point in marketing? I can't, I can't actually take more customers now. On the far right of it, is this idea of information. And if you think of it in like the, the category of like books, one of the first forms of like selling information, right? And you see folks that sell 100,000 or a million books, like just crazy volumes because they can take that education in a book form, you could sell a lot more. It's easier, you print out these books, you can you know turn, turn a ton out. Um, in the last 20 years, then you get even beyond, like there's eBooks and information in the form of like video trainings. And so even no longer needing the, the physical product aspect of it. And so Russell comes from a background, direct response, and then information products is what's considered. So th these info products, trainings, teaching, which sometimes have zero cost to fulfill, completely digital. They'll give you the book, it's in a PDF, they'll give you videos, they're hosted in a platform, and you can experience it all this way. And so when you have that kind of a product where you have infinite supply, you get to be very aggressive when it comes to marketing because your appetite for customers are not constrained by your own ability to deliver. You can literally... Imagine a day like I could have 10,000 customers tomorrow because I can actually fulfill on 10,000 customers with this kind of a product. And so with that kind of an appetite for new customer acquisition, that's the environment by which we learned marketing inside of ClickFunnels. And so uh, we use it as a tool. We, we followed through a lot of Russell's teachings. If you know any, like you'll, you'll probably see common language between how I approach it and how he'll talk about certain things like that. But in his highest tier mastermind, they call it Inner Circle, um, we can pay him uh, 50,000, 150,000 or $250,000 a year. Think about that. 
You get to be in his mastermind and you get to do uh, two to three events per year. That's the cost and that's that's the output. And at these events, actually now his mastermind, it doesn't actually have a ton of direct access to Russell. I don't I don't like text Russell. You know, there, there are folks that have that kind of relationship. Maybe they do. And hypothetically, if I was, you know, if I lived in the area, there's probably folks that are, you know, closer in the area, they, they'll develop those kind of friendships and relationships there. But it is... Um, not run in that kind of fashion. It kind of fascinates me. That's even a possible model for for how you can deliver value to folks. But he did a thing where he did a, it calls it a decade in a day. So decade in a day, you sit down and he tries to condense uh, a decade of learning education, things that I could take a decade to learn. He tries to condense it into like one day. And uh, so this is a one-on-one session. I got to sit side by side with Russell and pick his brain, kind of bring up, here's, you know, big problems or things that we're trying to think about and get his insights and input with, you know, decade of experience. I think ClickFunnels as a software, is it 10 years old? It, maybe not quite 10 years. Oh, no, not quite. Yeah. Not quite. Russell's been doing versions of other softwares, info products oh, like sure. for, for definitely more than that. But ClickFunnels as a software, not quite 10 years old. But once again, if you're unfamiliar, as a software, I believe they do over $100 million a year. In ARR, they do over $100 million. Um, as a company, I think they're getting close to billion dollars in total revenue generated. He's leaps and bounds ahead of anything that I've done. When you put in those kind of numbers of like, um, you know, team size, you know, they've grown to like seasons, I don't know, like six, seven, 800 folks probably fluctuated depending on need and, and it's been so, you know, pretty good sized team, pretty good sized company and a huge amount of impact. So he's a person who I, I'm curious what they would say in, in response to some of the, the questions that I could bring. And, and so in this, for this episode, uh, I thought it'd be fun to just, uh, just talk about what it was like to develop these kind of questions, because we've talked about it previously that questions, the ones we ask ourselves, the ones we ask our teams, the ones we ask our prospects, or even our customers, they dictate a lot of the direction of where things go. And so being good at, at asking the right questions is kind of the, the, the starter point. And then, and then uh, maybe later we'll get into, probably go a little bit deeper in, into actual advice that, that Russell pulled out there, which will be especially valuable if you're in the software space, if you're in the information space, if you are in a place where you feel like you have a product where you could imagine what it looks like to deliver it to a thousand people tomorrow, if that's where you're at, then then I think his insights are incredibly valuable, and that's that's kind of the, the world that we play in now with the the variety of things that we do, but largely in um, unrestrained capacity, a lot of software empowered solutions there, and so looking at how do we how do we put systems and marketing processes in place so that we could you know bring on a thousand, ten thousand customers in a day. Uh, but as I was working out the questions, there is um, at any given moment there's a filter which you bring, which is primacy and recency. So the thing that is most close to you and the thing that is biggest. So primacy and recency is a uh, heuristic bias where we tend to remember and recall and emphasize the thing that happened first and last. So if I was gonna if I was gonna list out a few things, like the first thing has power, that's like the primacy that was the first thing I heard, and the recency would be the last thing I heard. So the stuff in the middle oftentimes get gets forgotten. That's kind of like what we're talking about. So primacy and recency, first thing and last thing. Um but so think about that when you're trying to develop a question it's almost like the inverse of like, what was the first significant thing in the context where you're like, eh, what's the most recent thing that just happened to you that can cloud our judgment? 
It just happens. You hop into a conversation with anybody and your gut is, your mind is absorbed with just the recent context as well as any sort of like big things that are relative to whatever's talking on here. So I'll think about like, there's usually marked moments beginning of the month, beginning of the week, beginning of a relationship. Those are those prime experiences that affect developing a question. And then recency, whatever the recent, literally could be anything. Walking, feeling bad from lunch or <laughs> had an argument with a spouse or whatever it might be. And so leading up to this, here was the, the context for me going into this. Um, I was already looking under the world of business. I could have asked him anything. I could have asked him uh, balance of family life. I could have asked him investments that he did, you know, uh, you know, strategies for growing a team. Um, I could have asked him anything. The the things that were playing on me were, were one, you're kind of feeling like I want to make sure I'm spending the time wisely so I can ask things that I value his opinion most in. And so no, no offense, but there are like different aspects that you can like emulate from a person. I think Russell, from what I can see, he's taken like the years, you know, last couple of years off and has a great relationship with his kids and his family. And, and I love that. Um, but I also feel like, uh, I think I'm pretty good at that portion. So it didn't feel like these are things that I wanted different tips with, or it wasn't like he was doing it so radically different that I wanted to go in that way. There are actually people in my life that I uh, look up to, but they, I'll give you an example. If, if I was going to talk to someone else asking questions, it's going to be family. These would be the people who like sold their house and everything and now like live in a jungle somewhere and take their kids into like war zones and, you know, save people bleeding on the front lines. If that's how you parent, I will have questions about parenting for you because it's so different than how, how I parent. I'm just like super curious about it. Russell, pretty well aligned there. Um, business, like let's go team development. I've had insight into um, just over the years observing ClickFunnels growth. And I know from, from Russell's own um, admission, he that's like a growing edge for him still. I think he's relied on the people around him and there, it's, it's been a consequence of being good marketing, not like a he was driven to be a, uh, a leader of teams. He's actually, in recent years, he's, he doesn't function as a CEO. He has hired in a CEO and he is, he might be a, I don't even know if he's a chief, technically his title. He's definitely a founder, but I think he's like a mark, he's like funnel builder. He's like chief funnel builder. Like that's, <laughs> that's his zone. So you're like, okay, team development, building out team. He himself is saying that's not his jam. You could talk about replacing it if I wanted to, you know, uh, higher than that, it didn't go that way. So those are some insights into where he's at. Here was, here was things that we were feeling. For us in, in certain places in the market, we've had first mover advantage just early. <laughs> we were early and then some, so someplace for a season, we were the only. So early, so you're part of a few at the very least, and then and sometimes the only. And so a uh, if I look at like from start to where we're at, even in recent history, it's actually been the most interesting thing that I've like confronted with is this idea of competition. It's not bad to have competition, but it's how do I respond, react, reconcile uh, with the, the experience of, of having competition? And then also how do you continue to grow in the midst of that, um, even, even when there could be seasons where in some ways it's like your competition identifies a gap that you're not providing. They provide that gap. And so there's a season where they do something better than you did it. It's like by the nature, <laughs> like they found the gap there. You may respond and be like, oh, that's great. Why don't we do that? Let's do it. But, but there's, you know, you feel a little bit responsive to competition and trying to balance this thing of like, how, like, should you be responding to competition? Should you be like innovating on your own accord? Like when is the time where you kind of look back and say, oh, that was a good idea or that was a gap. That was a blind spot for us in the marketplace where we sh 
should have, could have, will be better going forward. And so that's what we've been feeling. And I've seen ClickFunnels live through that. They came in. They were not necessarily a first mover, but I do think they pioneered the concept. Um, so they, they, choose, they chose different language to carve out their own space, which is a part of great marketing, making it proprietary and unique to you. Um, but those were kind of like, so that, that was the basis. So helpful context this is just the pre-story. The lead up is in the question, those were the, that was the thought process I brought to it um, to maximize our time together. And that's where I landed at with like what kind of questions I wanted to ask was in the category of in the world of competition, how do you market and innovate and continue in that space when there is competition? And, um, and then maybe a little bit of like a going forward, looking forward, what are key things to not only innovate, but, but dominate. And so those were, I love uh, that. That was the buildup for my questions there. So you have to tune into the next episode to get the answers to those questions. But I really like that, uh, the process that you went through to be able to like, what, how do I get the best use of this time? Right. Cause you can get a lot of different directions in decade in a day, but you were prepared and I, and I, and great, um, information on recency and primacy and stuff like that. I think, like you said, ask good, ask better questions, get better answers, get better guidance. We'll see you guys next time. Yep. See you in part two. Thanks for tuning in for this week's Marketing with Matt. Check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com to learn how we create high margin marketing. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the podcast, feel free to make a recommendation. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Okay, bye for now.